Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. The Lord is moving, and uh, there's something that's shifting that I don't quite know what to do with, and a lot of pastors don't know what to do with, and it's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. He's holy. There's this season right now where there's a separation of the wheat and the chaff. It's, God is making it clear that those that are hungry, he's pouring out his glory, he's pouring out his presence. And it's not that God's not moving. It's really an issue of are we responding? And right now, there's a big, there's a, there's a line drawn in the sand. I really believe that. And I think God is really, he's really, he's really watching. I believe he's watching. And there are, there are pop-up moves of God that are breaking out everywhere, uh, all around the globe, actually. It's not just the nation anymore. It's like every week, uh, it's getting the attention of, of all the news stations. I mean, it's on MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, you name it. It's, it's all over the place. And there is an outpouring of the glory of the Lord. But scripture says that in the last days, the hearts of most will grow cold. And I believe that there's a last revival that God wants to do before his coming that we're seeing. And I want to study this. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Acts 2, and we're going to read 17 to, to 28. We're going to, we're going to read all of these, and I'm just going to dissect it for you. And I want to encourage you to really read this. So if you've got your Bible or if you've got you version, you can turn there. You can follow along with our, our notes on there, or you can actually just look up the scripture. Acts 2, verses 17, we'll read to 28. And it starts with this in verse 17, but in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Everybody say all. all. Does it say that I'll pour out my spirit on Christians? Does it, does it say that? No. Does it say I'll pour out my spirit on mature believers? No. no. In fact, what I believe God is doing is actually advancing and equipping supernaturally those that have not been walking with the Lord or those that, that maybe don't even know about God. I believe this outpouring of the Lord, when there's an encounter with the Lord, I've said this many times, he can do in just a moment what I can't do in 50 years of, of teaching scripture. Just one encounter changes everything. And there's, an, uh, there's something that's caught in the presence of the Lord that can't be taught. And right now there's a generation, Gen Zers, that have never experienced a revival or an outpouring that God's giving an outpour to. I've taught about this word. It's a Latin word that the tide would rise two times a day in the morning and in the evening. And that's when ships can come in and out of port because the water would rise high enough that they wouldn't hit bottom. And right now there's an Alporto where the tide is risen and there are people that can access the presence of the Lord. It's straight up scriptural. Throughout scripture, you see moments where God poured out his spirit. How many of you believe we're in the last days? So let me read it like this. Right now, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Because we're in the moment, you could just sense it. If you have discern, even if you don't have discernment, 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy, so there's going to be an outbreak of a prophetic anointing on this generation. In other words, this generation doesn't want to hear about God. Lead me to him. Show me, don't snow me. And Gen Zers really, I'm a millennial. Gen Zers really have that. Don't talk to me about this God. Introduce me to him. You can't introduce them to God when you're not walking with him and you don't know him. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. I've been dreaming like crazy. I don't necessarily love that part of scripture because it's telling me I'm getting old. But it's true. It's true. And that's the Bible. The Bible says it. So I guess I'm getting old, whatever. And I look at my hair and it's getting gray. Verse 18, in those days, I'll pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike. So there's no gender. Uh, it's gender neutral. I'm just going to pour out my spirit on everybody and they will prophesy. Verse 19, and I will cause wonders in heaven above and signs on earth below. I'm going to pause right there. So if you don't come expecting the supernatural, start expecting it. What is the supernatural? What God can do where we see miracles break out that we go, what is that? There is an awe and a wonder of God that has been removed from the church because his presence hasn't been here. Because we're more concerned about the order of service and the agenda than we are about God, your agenda. You know what God is doing right now? He's taking his house back. You'll notice in all these revivals that are moving, and I actually saw a couple posts that you will, God always chooses a man. That's true. God always wants to get the glory. And when man starts to get the glory, he will remove that man so that he can again shine. You go give me scripture for that. Satan wanted the glory, got removed, got kicked out of heaven, no longer the chief worship leader, no longer the chief angel. We talked last week, he brought him in this world, he'll bring him out of this world. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord who will arrive. But every person who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is a moment of mercy. We're in a moment of mercy. Everybody say moment of mercy. You're in a moment of mercy. And I'm proud of you because I'm seeing a lot of people in this church that are recognizing the moment of mercy. You guys are pressing in. It's obvious. How do I know? Because when I watch, and I do watch because I'm your pastor and I'm the worship leader here, and I watch to see who's really engaging, and I see 100% of this church diving in. I see 100% of y'all. I know online I get messages every single week. The presence of the Lord is so attractive. It's so magnetic. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord in this moment of mercy will be saved. People of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. I want us to pause right here. Those of you that are, have, have experienced betrayal, I know I have, and you're crying about it, you know, it's actually an honor to go through a little bit of what Jesus did. 
If you've experienced betrayal because you're pressing into the Lord and you're pursuing the call of God on your life, I want to encourage you, you're, right in the, you're in the right place. Be encouraged by that. Opposition is probably a sign that you're moving in the right direction. With the, with the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. The reason why I went into above all is because right now I'm noticing the power and the beauty of every place that God's moving. There's, there, there is one thing in common, and that's that there is a focus on the blood and the cross. Thank God we're bringing that back to church. Could you imagine omitting that very foundation in which there's power? His glory comes. The power of the blood and the cross, which is here, it's evident today. So God knew all this would happen, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. We talked last week about nothing can touch you. Nothing can harm you. Nothing can come against you. No weapon formed up against me is going to prosper. And right now, I believe that God is eradicating fear from those that are drawing close to him. We know that perfect love casts out all fear. And right now, there's an anointing on the church. There's, God is, as we're pressing in and encountering him, there's fear that he wants to break off of you. And we have to be obedient and we have to take authority. We have to walk in authority. It's already yours. You don't have to take it. You have to walk in it. You have to walk in authority and start to take authority over a spirit of fear that comes against you. And as you get into his presence, that becomes much easier. You don't even have to try at this anymore. It just automatically happens because his presence takes care of that for you. Yes. I've had a lot of people tell me, how do I get rid of a spirit of fear? Get into his presence where his peace is and perfect love. Yes. Cast that out for you. Right. And right now, I believe that God is raising up the remnant, his church, and making his church again as we're pursuing his presence fearless. He's eradicating fear because in this day, in this hour, we need to be full of faith, not full of fear. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. I will not be shaken because God's right beside me. God is looking for a people who will not be shaken. Yes. I'm going to be honest with you. I deal with the, the, the fear. I deal with the shaking that comes against me every day. It doesn't mean you don't deal with these things. It doesn't mean that you don't feel these things. It actually means you will deal with these things and you will feel these things, but your response matters. So in this moment, you go, no, Lord, I welcome your presence. And just like King David, I will not be shaken. And you start to declare that as a declaration of faith until you start to feel it. Declare it and walk in authority and let your feelings catch up. That's why I, I felt the anointing to sing this morning that, you know what, we got to get, this is not a feeling. Your presence is not a feeling. Thank God. Because I can tell you, I wasn't feeling it this morning when I got out of bed. As I'm in the middle of a home move and I'm busy and all, all of you, we're all busy. We need to repent for busy. Yeah. We need to repent for busy. 
because busy has separated us from God. Liz and I, as we're moving, we, we had our internet removed from our house. They said they wanted our equipment at the new house. And we have internet-based tea. We don't do cable. That's old school. Sorry, y'all. And we didn't have TV. And Liz and I, we usually chill out to TV. But instead, we had to chill out to his presence. And I recognized there's a distraction in my house. And God is asking those of you that are willing to remove those distractions, he desires your attention. And I realized, I don't know that I want a TV in my room anymore. I was measuring the wall going, I don't know where the TV is supposed to go. And the Lord goes, I, maybe you don't need one in your room. We'll have a conversation about it. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Because his presence can come from the TV if the right things are on it. So I don't know what we'll do. Don't judge me if you ever come in my room and there's a TV there. Maybe we need to put it there just so God can see if I really mean business. Because there's a power button on that TV. You go, did I come to church for this? This is not really profound. Oh, but it is because I don't know about, about you, but I know for me, I'm walking through this test of obedience. Yeah. I'm walking through God asking me these very basic questions that were so spiritual and so holy. Actually, we're so self-righteous and so full of pride that we often don't talk about this because we're afraid to actually hit on the very things that matter. Why? Because the enemy loves to deceive. It's called deception. And the thing about deception is when you're deceived, you don't think you are. That's why it's called deception. And right now, the church is living in a moment of deception and God is ringing the wake-up call and I'm seeing the deception break off as we move into his presence. What's that called? It's called revival. When we repent. No wonder my heart is glad. This is talking about David. No wonder my tongue shouts with praise. My body rests in hope. Notice it says rests in hope. It doesn't rest in what happens that I have the guarantee and the certificate that says this. Oh, this is an absolute. No, it rests in hope. It can also rest in faith, knowing that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. His promises are yes and amen. So before I see it, I can rest in hope. Hope. That's a word. That's, the, that's what's happening right now. Hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. What happens when the church accesses God's presence? We leave here full of joy. Liz and I were at lunch with some friends that are sitting in here just a, a couple weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago at a Mexican restaurant. I only remember it because I got food poisoning that day. Thank you, friends that invited us there. You know who you are. But there was a joy at the table that day. And the joy that was at the table was because we encountered his presence. And something shifted. And actually, there were some problems that happened before we all went to lunch. But there was still the joy of the Lord, and we didn't care. Why is that? Because there's something that happens. There's an outbreak. There's a release of joy. And you don't care about circumstances anymore because his presence is and his joy is not circumstance-based. Right. So Aren't you so glad that his joy, happiness is circumstantial. 
It's circumstance-based, but his joy is not. And what God's doing is there is, my, my grandparents' generation had this toughness about them that our generation is lost because that generation was connected to the Lord like our generation hasn't been. And there's a generation that actually did not do a very good job about raising a generation to understand these things. But there's a generation that's catching. They're not taught. They're catching. And now they're hungry. And now they're seeking teaching. So let me tell you what's happening in the Church of America. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to start to happen. You're going to start to hear sound teaching again because there's a hunger for it. Because they are, this generation is catching the presence of God and going, I'm hungry. So all of these inspirational churches that are speaking inspirational messages, you're going to start to see a rise on those that will teach the word because his presence always stirs up a hunger. I need to hear everybody just say amen. Amen. There's a hunger that's being stirred up because there's a release of the presence of the Lord. So my question, how do we respond to this? How do we respond to this outbreak of of the presence of the Lord that's happening all across the, the globe right now? What do we do? We say, Lord, you do what you want to do. We don't have any preconceived ideas. We, I mean, we know what we've seen in the past, and we celebrate that. But God, what you're going to do in the future, we have no preconceived idea. We're just going to surrender, and we're going to wait on you and watch this renewal and watch this revival and watch this awakening, whatever you want to call it. We're going to see you do what only you can do, and we're here for it. Yes. I surrender even my opinion. Actually, I'll say, especially my opinion. Opinions are connected to pride. I'm watching men of God try to predict what this thing is going to look like. I have no idea what it's going to look like. All I know is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm going to be sensitive to his spirit. And where you go, God is where I want to be. I'll tell you another thing. I'm, I've for years heard this, that, you know, wherever God is, that's, that's where I'm going to be. If he's moving over here, that's where I'm going to go. If he's moving over there, can I tell you that God is omnipresent? Yes, he is. He's looking for a heart posture right now. It's, I, and th- that's one thing that God is proving is it's not about a location. It's about a hunger. It's about a hunger. That's not to say that God doesn't move in places. He does. And it's not to say that we can't visit out of curiosity and out of hunger and desire. I'm not saying that's, that's wrong. What I'm saying is, I'm going to be right here in the place that God called me. He didn't change his mind just because he started moving over there. I don't serve an impetuous, ridiculous God that says, oh, you got to be over here now. He's not like that. God called me to Huntersville, North Carolina. That's where I'm at. God obviously called you here too. So what are we going to do? We're going to be in a posture of surrender and we're going to seek the Lord. We are contending for a move of God here at Hope Covenant. And I'm not going to stop till I see it. And we are seeing it. We're seeing a move of his spirit. How do I know that we've all caught it? When we all become so loud about it, we we can't help but to tell the town about it. There's a line outside the building before service starts. The parking lot's full. We need the police here not because of threats against this church. We need the police here to direct traffic now. It's coming. I promise you it's coming. It's coming. I believe it's here. 
We just have, we, it's happened in the spirit. Now it's got to happen in the natural and it's going to. God's pouring out a spirit. And I believe that right now over many of you, because, you know, one of the things that I notice when God starts to move is we go, oh, well, I don't know that I felt it today. What, what happened? I didn't feel it like I did this week or I didn't feel it like I did that week. Again, it's not about a feeling. It's not about, you got you to gotta get over what you feel and understand, again, that his presence is accessible. And what he does today, there are days we might go 15 minutes with worship. There are days, I don't know, we might go 15 hours with worship. I have no idea what that's going to, I'm exaggerating a little bit because I don't think I could actually stand there for 15 hours. But I don't, I don't know day to day. I think there's just something cool about the wild card. What are you going to do today? I'm so excited. I, I, I don't like predictable. I'm going to try to get you out of here in a timely manner every week as much as I can. But I also know that you guys are so hungry that if God moves, you ain't going to care. That's right. I know that. And he's moving. And we waited a little bit longer and I spoke a little bit less today because that's what God's doing today. I don't know what next week will look like. I've got a, a guest speaker who will be here next week. And there, there's a church that's, that's not far from here that's experiencing the same thing we're experiencing. And, and where I believe next week is going to be a real encounter with the Lord. I want to encourage you be here and bring people. Liz and I will be here. We'll be leading worship. It's, we're going to have a great week next week. We've got a speaker named Nathan Smith who will be with us. He's amazing. He understands the glory of the Lord. How many of you are in a place where you, you're like, it's a new day. I, I'm not doing the same old thing anymore. I'm, this is a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. I'm going to end and I want to close right here. There is a move of his spirit that's bringing us to the scripture. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. When you're in his presence, the things that burden you and keep you down start to lift off. They start to break off. Father, we thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We repent of anything that's been between us and you. And we just say, Lord, we want more of your spirit. We desire your presence. We need your presence. Lord, this morning we repent for any attitudes any preconceived ideas, any agenda, anything that's between us and you. We repent for complaining, for camping out in fear. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We just surrender to you right now. How many of you in this room can say, I have just felt really, really tired I felt tired. Anybody? I just have felt tired. Lord, we thank you. Then when we wait on you, you renew our strength. When we wait on you this morning, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that this will be the most energizing week as we wait on you. Lord, speaking to somebody this morning that you're trying to figure things out and God's saying, stop trying to figure it out. Trying to figure out a five-year plan. The Bible says, take today, today. Don't worry about tomorrow. 
You're trying to figure out five years and he's going, just take today, today. That's so freeing. Thank you guys for being here this morning. God's moving. There's something happening and I'm excited about it. Is anybody excited about it? I got nothing else to say. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. We're dismissed. Thank you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.